Do you want to become a better hockey player this summer with Paul Vincent Hockey? Since 1972, Paul Vincent, currently the head skills instructor of the Florida Panthers, has been developing NHL and college hockey players. Paul Vincent stands by his saying, there is always room for player development. Players such as Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves, Matt Grizzlick, Patrick Sharp, Adam Oates, and many more have trained with Coach Vincent and his staff and have outstanding results. Join Paul Vincent this summer at one of his four Massachusetts locations, Canton, Saugus, Middleton, and Falmouth on Cape Cod. Registration is now open for 2022 camps. To reserve your spot today, go to pvhockey.com or call 978-807-4070. That's pvhockey.com or call 978-807-4070. Paul Vincent is ready to get back to work this summer. Are you? Welcome to New England Hockey Journal's RinkWise Podcast, the podcast for serious hockey players and their supporters to help further their development and navigate their way throughout their hockey careers. And now, here is your host, New England Hockey Journal's Kirk Ludicky. Welcome to another edition of the New England Hockey Journal's RinkWise Podcast. I'm your host, Kirk Ludicky. We've got a great show for you today. We have Tim Lovell and Kevin Poulin of Lovell Hockey and Boston Advantage. Looking forward to having them in. We're going to talk about their programs at the various levels. We're going to talk about Lovell Hockey Academy and what's in store here in the next year in terms of developing a hockey academy model for talent to aspire to higher levels in hockey. Happy to be joined with Tim Lovell, owner of Lovell Hockey, and Kevin Poulin, director of Boston Advantage, soon to be director of Lovell Hockey Academy. Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having us. So let's talk a little bit about what you've, you've been up to. Understand we've, we've had some you know, playoffs are in the air. We've had some playoff action. You've got some, some more hockey ahead for, for, for your organizations at the various levels. But uh, uh, what's, uh, what's new in, in, your, in your realm? So I think over the next couple of weeks, we're, we're heading into our E9 playoffs, uh, which is 2014s through 2008s. Uh, up in Hable Mouse. Oh, great! Great sounds uh, sounds good. Uh, so lot uh, lot happening on that side. But let's go back and and talk about what brought you here, how it all how it all started. And so, uh, Tim, I want to start with you. Um, I've had conversations with you before. And nothing just it happens out of thin air. You know, it takes a lot of work, takes a lot of planning, vision. Um, you you make mistakes, you learn from them. Um, but can you just for the for the audience just kind of take us through the formation of level hockey, your vision, and 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 where it all started? Yeah, absolutely. So in 1972, my father Richard Lovell opened a hockey company up in Franklin, Mass. Uh, he ran hockey schools in the summers. So he ran those schools, and then obviously I, I, I attended all the schools when I was a kid. Uh, at I think it was 1995, I became a junior counselor for him. Uh, so I started like working with the kids. I was like I think I was in my 20s, whatever. And then in 1998, he actually turned into a different, he got a different business going. So he was going to let the company go, the schools go. So I kind of continued it just in the summertime, just out of Franklin, Mass. So um, I was playing uh, semi-pro professionally uh, at that point in 98 through 2002. So I did that for a summer job. Um, My first son, Timothy, was born in 2002. My wife gave me the ultimatum of, uh, we're all done. So... She's like, we're not coming back here to overseas. So um, 
figure out what you want to do with your life. So at that point, uh, I kind of I, I liked what I did in the summertime. I kind of wanted to move it around um, and do you know skills full time weekly. Like a couple guys were starting to do stuff like that, which was unheard of when I was a kid growing up in this area. Um, so they would they were renting the ice from like five to nines at night, running skills and clinics and stuff like that for you know uh, teams and town teams and you know select teams stuff like that. So. I decided I want to get involved in something like that. So I, I took a job uh, with my father. I was um, he was involved in a place called Town Sports, which is now Pure Hockey. So uh, he actually asked me if I wanted to come back and work there. So I worked there for I'd say it's about a year and a half. At the same time, I was doing clinics and stuff like that on the side at nights. So I'd work from like eight thirty to four. I'd leave. I'd go to my clinics at night from like five to nines. Um, come home and do it all over again, like every day for seven days for seven years. That's how I started it off. Um, caught a break with a couple teams. Uh, a couple guys hired us full-time. Um, we ran their skills for their organizations, town programs, as well as uh, elite programs in the area. Uh, and then it morphed into um, the team business. In the team business, we started off at Dedham and Hingham. Um, we did long-term leases with those places and stuff like that. And um, now it's turned into over 100-plus hockey teams and what it is today. Great. Now, how did uh, how did Kevin uh, get on board with the with the organization? Unfortunately, Kevin and I were <laughs> roommates of UMass Amherst, so um, no. But Kevin was doing skills himself up in the North Shore. I think he was coaching at uh, St. Anselm's as an assistant coach, and he was doing uh, the Bowden Clinic. And uh, I think he worked for Super Skills. Yes, correct. Right. Yep. So, but he was helping me out at the same time. So he was mm-hmm. coming down doing stuff on the weekends with me, stuff like that. So, um, Kevin's been with me uh, with my brother for. 22 years yeah. so uh full-time he's been around now for what, six seven eight years seven years yeah seven years yep. um but he's been a full-time guy honestly for like 22 years right yeah. so um so on the skill side yeah, yeah. not to uh, cut you off but yeah. on the skill side i came in when tim started taking over organizations um back in i think it was oh five uh where we really started to sink into you know, the higher level uh, organizations uh, in the area on the South Shore. And I came in to offer some assistance. So I was working full-time for another company, actually, my real job, as my wife says, um, and then migrated over into helping Tim with skills, kind of probably like a Thursday through Sunday kind of rotation. And then it kind of evolved into almost every day uh, working with uh, with Timmy because we had so many skills that we're offering to um, other organizations like, such as, you know, at Babson with the Westwood Youth Program, uh, the Terriers, uh, St. Moritz, if we want to go back to that, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that program too as well, which is no longer here, but St. Moritz was part of our daily routine. St. Moritz, Kings, Kings Terriers, yep. and then we had a ton, ton of town teams, yeah. you know, organizations. Yep. So what, what was the landscape back then? Like, you know, where you were and as you're, as you're getting in, so, so you started out and you were doing skills and then at what point did you recognize, Hey, there, there's an opportunity here to do, to do more and uh, to create an organization and, 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 and an opportunity for local players to, to not just hone their skills, but develop as, as players as part of something. Yeah. So I, I think that, you know, I, I, I got a deal with Jimmy Galvin, who used to run, who used to own the Boston Junior Terriers. So I'd run the Terriers uh, skill sessions and stuff like that. So I'd be over there. And I just, I saw a niche of, really, to be honest with you, it's called U14 Hockey, which was, for us, it was a, a Bantam major age group. But if the kid was good enough, as, as a 13-year-old, we were going to play that kid up. So we caught a niche over at, and, and it started yeah. in Dedham. Correct. Um, 
With our I think own it actually started in Canton with, with, de- in, with Dedham, right? With our so, own in-house league, yeah. Yeah, we had an own in-house league of six teams. And we went after the best kids all across the state, to be honest with you. Um, and they came in. And, the, and the, the younger market that came in, the 13-year-old, was it was never done before. So people were like, oh, they're allowing people to actually play up. So I think that was a big deal. That's how it started. So then we had we started getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, but we didn't have, like, the Dedham Rink basically was, well, I mean, it was our, they, home. They, they, it was our home, but was they our had home. their own youth hockey teams that were starting to actually get bigger. They started to get more teams. So we kind of had to move out. So that's when we basically got Hingham going. Uh, we moved stuff to Hingham, our 14 league. Um, it was great. It was something different. And then at that point, it turned into, I'm like, okay, so I'm doing 14-year-old hockey, which no one was doing. Um, and I said, well, why can't I basically join the rest of these guys and, you know, be my own teams and stuff like that? So we created Boston Advantage in 2007 Correct. out of Hingham, Mass. Um, and we weren't allowed to get in any league. Like, so I like, tried to get into the EHF and stuff like that and other leagues, and stuff like that, but they, they didn't, allow, didn't allow us in. So I joined um, Paul Sr., Gil Martin, um, um, with John and his son Paul as well. I joined their group at that time. It was the New England Hockey League. Correct. Uh, they allowed mm-hmm. us in, stuff like that. And, um, you know, from there it's grown into what the E9 is today. And uh, there's basically two youth hockey leagues in, in, the, state. in, in the state. So yeah. it's the E9 and CHF. And then that's where we are today. But it's been, it's been pretty good. Yeah. How did the, I mean, talking about the E9, because you referenced it at the very beginning. Yeah, sure. But what is, you know, what, are, what, what is that league and what does it afford for, for players that are, that are in the teams that are involved and how, how I mean, you, you basically had to build that, right? From yeah. I mean, I, I mean, like, okay, let, let's be honest here for a second. So when I, when I grew up, I played for the Terriers. Right. Okay. So my father coached there. Uh, when I came back, uh, all I knew was the Terriers. And the Metro League. Right. That's all I know. Uh, was mm-hmm. Terriers Metro League? What like okay, this is how I grew up. So I guess I go to the same teams that I grew up in. Um, so I started off at the Terriers with my with my boy for the first year because I was doing the skills there, and then when I turned into the Boston Advantage, I actually moved my kid over to uh, Boston Advantage and, and joined the the um, New England Hockey League. I didn't know what it was. I was like, what is this stuff like that? Like it was a more of a North Shore slash New Hampshire league. That's how it started out. Really started out, right? Correct. Yeah. Um, so I didn't know South, much about it. The South Shore wasn't yeah. impacted by the league. No. In, in there was nobody. There was nobody in the South Shore that was in the league, right? So um, we were the first team in the South Shore, and we joined this league, and was, there was some really good teams in it. So, like at every level of youth hockey, there's good organizations, there's average ones, and there's weaker ones, right? So, and every organization has top end teams, and they have mid range, and they have weaker. And also, it's, it's dependent on the age level too, as well. Like you know, some organizations are very strong. Like for example, a thirteen team. And then right. some don't. Didn't know much about it. Got into it. it. It's actually worked out really well for us. I think we're one of the better programs in the in the uh, E9 today. Um, there are some really good programs in that in that division. Absolutely. Um, and again, like Kevin just referenced, it's it basically comes down to like you know the, the age bracket of each of each group, right? So, um, but it's worked out really well for us. So we're, we're extremely happy with it. Right. So as you <laughs> as you did that and you you, you gained more knowledge and you started mm-hmm. to build these teams, at what point did you? realize hey across the u.s there's a lot of other high level midget teams that that are competing and working and maybe there's an opportunity for us to to hone our skills against those teams and test our metal and and have an opportunity to kind of well, expand yeah and i think just to take a, a little bit of a step back to as well kirk sure. um the one thing that you know really was our foundation as tim kind of said earlier is just the 
skill-based development that we offer um, in our program through level hockey. And that kind of matriculates down through our programs at this point. Um, and obviously, like Tim said, you know, we've spoken about Boston Vantage, but we have other programs under the level hockey umbrella, such as the, the New England Knights, the 95 Giants, um, the Leafs out of Hopedale, um, and then the Icemen out, out of East Boston. So, um, And now we're adding another one. And now we're adding another one. Um, so. Out of Hingham, Mass. It's going to be called the uh, the Winter Club, Level Winter Club. So we'll have six organizations going forward. But I'm sorry, Kevin. Yeah, so, so with that being said, you know, the growth of our programming – um, would not have occurred without the foundation of level hockey skill development. Um, and, you know, in our, in my opinion, we do it extremely, extremely well, probably one of the best in the country. Um, and in, it's all based on our commitment to our coaches or from our coaches and obviously the skill development in the, in the education that we provide on ice. Um, we obviously, you know, are doing things such as this podcast with you, Kirk, and trying to educate parents and trying to let everyone know, you know, what the landscape looks like, especially in Massachusetts, because my goal as a guy that's involved in youth hockey is to try to help any kid in, in mass specifically to get to that, that next level. You know, so when you refer to youth hockey and then moving or transitioning into midget, um, you know, that's where we can take another step in that direction of what, what is midget hockey and how is midget hockey going to impact the landscape moving into what we call the future, right, of, of hockey. So Right, so yeah. your foundation is in the youth Correct. At the youth mm-hmm. level, and that's where I mean, really, you're you're identifying players early on, and you're develop, and then you're seeing who, you know, who really is is yeah. able to to stay yeah. keep and, pace, and, and who commits to it, who, right? Like yeah. like any sport in in today's world, uh, or like anything in today's world, you know, it's it's a matter of who's committing to that sport, um, or you know, who's committing to that education in in athletics or or sport, right? So that's the direction that that we're looking at and and moving towards. Um, and I know you referenced midget hockey as well as our academy earlier. And, uh, you know, we find great value in both. Um, you know, the, the midget world is proven and, and done uh, well by many athletes in our program, uh, many hockey players in our program. And I think, uh, you know, moving forward with the academy piece, um, that's going to grow uh, our business even more and make us even uh, a larger program that can offer all different levels of play. Right. Um, so when people... St- they hear the academy model has become a, for lack of a better term, a buzzword. It's it's sure. something that you know is, is it's growing in this area. It's growing throughout the U.S. What is it, and what is you got? What is the vision for the Level Hockey Academy, and what how it differentiates it from the other teams uh, services that that you guys offer? You want to go first or no? Um, yeah, so I mean, just just from a, a, an overview, you know, you have your level academy in this case, or academy model. Um, for us specifically, the academy model is offering the hockey player that's dedicated specifically to hockey um, to train daily uh, with a skill a day, uh, a training session, off ice training session a day, and a team practice every day. So that is our goal when we are looking at the academy piece. Obviously, we all want to have competitive teams and play at a very high level. That's everyone's goal. Um, but the reality of it is, is where are the kids developing Monday through Friday? And, you know, as I said earlier, we feel we do it the best. So if we can incorporate a very strong academic structure as well as what we offer on the ice, um, the kid's going to win. The kid's going to win out. And, um, you know, 
like I tell our parents and, and educate our parents, you know, hockey is a vehicle uh, for these young athletes, uh, both into the academic realm of, of colleges or universities. Um, and then, you know, to, to teach them values of life, like what teamwork is, what, what work ethic, what commitment is, right? That is our goal at Level Hockey, and that's going to also be addressed and in, in carry into the Level Academy. Um, and when I interview or work with kids and families on what Level Academy is about, the first thing I say, it's, it's about improving yourself both academically and athletically um, and, and really being fully engaged in what your goals are uh, as a hockey player. I think it's been great. I, I, Kevin pretty much hit on the academy, the piece of it. So I'll hit on what we'd actually have at level hockey. So um, up until this point coming this year, we've had split season models, which is for that, uh, let's say it's the kid that's going to Norwood High School, it's the kid going to Catholic Memorial, the kid's going to St. Sebastian's, um, where they play in the fall, and they leave us at the fall, and they go to their, their schools. We have a model like that. We've had that for... Was it 15, 20 years? Correct. Yep. Uh, I'd say 15 years in that range. So we've had a model where they basically come in for a practice, two practices a week. Um, they play 20, 25 games, and they go off to whatever the school they have. We also have full-season hockey, which we were the first full-season midget program in all of New England. So that was that was in 2007. That was basically 2004. Yep. Right? 2004 is when we started that. We started in a league called, it was called the Midwest Elite Hockey League. And... Um, some of the teams you might know are like Little Caesars, Honey Baked, Bell Tire, L- Chicago LA Mission Kings, Chicago Mission, yeah. um, CYA, right? Yep. So those teams all played out in the um, – they played showcases out in the, the Midwest. Of that, We were able to actually join that league. Uh, very lucky to get into that league, to be honest with you. Um, and that league eventually turned into – which is now the Tier 1 Elite Hockey League, right? So um, we played in that for 10, 12 years. Yes. And it was great. We, we – I think established midget hockey in New England, and now if you really look at all the ranks, there's pretty much at most ranks there's a a midget full season model now today at most of the ranks. So at 15, 16, or 18, um, they now have the USPHL in New England, which is more of a New England based league. Uh, we are now members of that league as well, um, with teams like the uh, the Islanders and the Junior Bruins and the New Jersey Hitmen and stuff like that. So Rockets. Um, the Rockets. So that's um, where we are today. That that basically um, that model that came into New England wasn't here. It was more of a, a Catholic slash private slash prep school model that New England was dominant for years. And, they, and 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 honestly, it still is. But there are some programs in New England that do it right and that can battle those guys and outplay them and um, they can outplay us. But there's, there's, there's kids everywhere now where there weren't 15 years ago. So I think that whole thing of full season hockey coming to New England has been a big shift in um, where you put your kid and what you believe is right and wrong for your, your, your son or daughter. Right. So um, the last piece for us is, um, is the Academy. So the Academy is, we believe triple the amount of training. It's really for the one sport athlete. Um, if he's really, this is hockey's his gig or Senator's hockey's their gig. Uh, we now offer that. So we offer split season, full season, and now academy model training. So, um, and there's all different price points. There's the, the $2,000, uh, $2,500 split season programs. There's the $10,000 full season program, which you get more training than the split season. And then you get the bigger training plus the school academics in the academy model, uh, which is much more. It's the, it's, the, it's the same as the prep school, right? So um, we, that's, we offer all three right, elements now yeah. uh, yep. today yep. Um, 
coming up for the next 2022-23 season. So, so tell us about where you are on your academy. I know you guys are, you know, this facility, you know, it involves your facility, your education, all, mm-hmm. all that thing. It's, it's a, it's a holistic package, and it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a big project. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I think that basically, um, Level Arena is a three sheet plus mini sheet uh, facility with like, uh, it's got a um, restaurant, restaurant, four bowling lanes, yeah, two full, golf sims. Yep, yep. Keep going, you can go. On. Yeah, so um, you know the rink itself is is going to be. You know, one of the nicer facilities, especially in the Northeast or New England area, for sure. I think a lot, uh, a lot of people want to, you know, play there, uh, given the amenities that it's going to offer. Um, you know, first class facilities, and then along with the uh, school, uh, which is a separate building, uh, a standalone brick and mortar building that will have ten classrooms, as well as uh, housing for 132 students um, in chaperones. So that is, uh, you know, part of our, our next step and, and next phase of, of this new build-out. Um, you know, obviously, Boston Advantage will be migrating over to the, uh, to the new building as well. Um, you know, in the, uh, the new program that Tim had referenced earlier to, which is the Winter Club, we'll be staying in our current location, which is the Pilgrim Ice Rink in Hingham. So um, along with that, uh, that piece that you just uh, talked of, uh, about with the academy, um, you know, it's very important that people understand with the build-out of our academic uh, education, we are doing in-person learning. We know a lot of these academies have different uh, theories and different models. Uh, we personally felt that it was very important to compete with uh, the prep schools and the ISL schools in the area that we were going to have to offer strong academic structure. And that is our main goal, and that's uh, what we're aiming for. Uh, we want to compete with those schools, and we want to obviously move kids uh, from our academy to the, the local colleges and universities, um, the Harvards, the, the BUs, the Northeasterns, right, the, the Colbys, the mm-hmm. Bowdens. Those are goals for these kids, and we want to be able to get them there academically as well as we said athletically. And um, that's where we are right now with the school piece. Um, and, uh, you know, one thing that's kind of out there is a stigma to the academy, like you kind of referenced earlier, is what is their educational structure? What are they looking for academically? And we want everyone to know that Level Academy will be um, striving to reach their academic goals as well as, as, well as their athletic goals um, all together in, in one in one year or one season. Sure, and it's, yep. a, it's a challenge, right? So you have to find the right people. So who are you partnering with to, to, to make that happen on the education side? Mm-hmm. Um, so we actually, um, we are working uh, with uh, Tim's partner, um, uh, Lauren Monahan, and she's actually uh, the head of school. Um, she has been working with um, a number of people uh, that we've hired as consultants. Um, so we are in the process of actually building our curriculum, which is going to be an uh, international baccalaureate based curriculum. Um, a lot of people may have heard of uh, the curriculum reference as IB. And, um, you know, we are not certified as an IB school. It takes about three to five years uh, for an IB certification to be placed on your, your academic structure. But we are studying and we will be working with kids in that philosophy. Um, the IB education is very similar to what we would have seen in college. Um, at the high school level, there's just more scaffolding to it. Um, so the teachers work more closely with the students, giving them more direction on, on how to get to that end result. Um, you know, our current education is more uh, memory-driven, uh, where you're given facts and then you're, you're as a student, told to, like, spit mm-hmm. those facts back out on paper, right. um, which is kind of like the first layer of learning. Uh, with the IB uh, education, you're getting deeper into that 
curriculum. You're getting deeper into that subject. And that's how IB structures their learning uh, system or or process. And it's more interactive. It's more interactive, exactly. It's more interactive with the kids. It's more interactive with your your fellow students. uh, And there's a big group component to it. Right. And because you're starting smaller and you have smaller class sizes, the the instructor ratio, Mm -hmm. instructor-student ratio is is favorable versus some of the other bigger schools. Absolutely. Yeah, it's going to be probably a 8 to you know, 12 or 15 student ratio uh, with our population. And in our academy is co-ed. That's one thing I yeah. want to touch on. Um, you know, that is going to be an important piece too, just for, you know, having a sense of normalcy in what kids' lives are about, right, being uh, a co-ed uh, campus. Okay, great. Yeah. So that that answers a lot of, I mean, you know, again, obviously you're building it from the ground up. So you're going to have to, you know, you're going to have to trial and er- trial and error and, Absolutely. and go through everything. but. But again, I, I, based on my own familiarity with, with the various academy models, it's so important, you know, basically talk through like what a day would be like for, for one of your student athletes. I'm going to let Kevin do that, but I, I, I want to make sure that um, everybody knows that we're one of the only academies that um, everything's on campus. So the rank is separate from the dormitory. So the classrooms are separate from the rank. So it's basically, um, I think we're the only one in, in all of the Northeast that is a separate. Am I right by that? I think I, we I are. I believe so. And, and um, there's some traditional academies, too. Yes. You know, there's, there's some schools that have your traditional school day um, and then would obviously lead into their athletic day uh, towards the end of the day, like 3.30, right. let's say, um, with, you know, a workout. Um, we're incorporating, like you just said, what it would day in the life be of a student athlete. So, you know, for example, if you are, uh, Kirk's coming into uh, his freshman year at a level academy um, on the men's U14 team or U15 team, um, he would come in and let's say on Monday, Kirk would hit the ice at 7.30 for skills. So he'd be on the ice from 7.30 to 8.20. And then from that skill session, he would go right into the gym The gym is also in-house in the building, in the rink. So he would work out uh, with our trainers. And then from there, he would take a a little stroll over to the main building. And he would have his breakfast um, followed by a class. And then after that class, which is an 80-minute block, he would then go to uh, potentially the next class um, and then lunch. And then he would, after that, go to practice. Um, So following practice he would then come back to the dorm probably have dinner um, some downtime some free time and then in the evening he would have another class so rather than you know breaking up the day uh, with school all in the beginning portion of the day and then your athletics or activities at night uh, along with your homework or, or study hall we've incorporated and intertwined academics and athletics to be one full day of activities, um, we feel that we're going to maximize the the kids, um, mm-hmm. not only their potential, obviously, of of getting on the ice and being in the classroom, but just from a mental perspective of being able to focus uh, on your given um, areas, whether it's hockey, whether it's classroom. Um, that's a significant point for us because what we're finding out is that you know kids focus and attention to details probably between anywhere from 10 to like two o'clock. And then that sometimes falls off between like two thirty and three thirty, four o'clock. And then it comes back a little bit in the evening. So, you know, that's something that we're, we're learning um, just from a psyche standpoint and, and what these kids focus looks like throughout the day. I think it's a great idea. I mean, you really get down to it. Like mm-hmm. if you put, put people in class all day and then you expect them to practice mm-hmm. at a high level, they're, f- they're mentally fatigued Correct. at the very least. Right. And then physically, 
there's a you know because they've been sitting around. What's their performance? Right. So to get them get them going, get them active, then refuel them, and then put them back in the classroom. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it, I think that I think more and more colleges are, are going to them. I mean, when you talk to the when you talk to the to the schools, they're practicing earlier early in the morning. Day. Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah, because of that very thing. And, and one thing you just said uh, hit on to Kirk is you know the food the food for every school is extremely extremely important um, and not only important just that it tastes good right, right. but for our athletes uh, in the partnership that we will have with our our nutrition based uh, piece we're actually implementing the nutrition piece into our curriculum uh, with the uh, the group that we've hired to to run our cafeteria uh, and to educate our student athletes on what performance foods are in in how performance food affect our athletes so that's a major piece for us and and one that uh i think will you know be a a huge uh building block for all of our student athletes the devil is in the details right Mm -hmm. so we spend a lot of time practicing and you know whether it's skills work or or developing systems and structure for the players to play and then you forget if you if you just leave them to their own devices then they're going to potentially not eat not, you know, they yeah. might skip me- right. meals yeah. all day because they, they might. get, you know, especially as young athletes, they have to learn time management. And we can't assume as 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 young, younger, you know, individuals they understand that. So they might play video games or not manage their time, and then you know the food is what doesn't happen. And right, correct. You can't expect top level performance. So yep. it's all it's all intertwined. That and sleep too. Right? Yeah. Sleep's yes. a big issue, right? Yeah, absolutely. New England Hockey Journal's Rinkwise Podcast will return after this message. Do you want to skate fast? For 50 years, Laura Stam instructors have taught youth players to pros how to skate correctly, powerfully, and fast. Players who attend Laura Stam power skating programs learn how to skate fast by learning how to execute every maneuver in hockey. They become powerful, stable, efficient, and explosively fast skaters. If you can't wait for a clinic, join our subscription skills video service and we'll show you the skills taught at our clinics in an easy-to-use video format with training plans to guide your training. Register or subscribe now at laurastam.com. That's L-A-U-R-A-S-T-A-M-M dot com. Catch the Sacred Heart University Pioneers on the ice this season. The Pioneers Division I men and women's hockey programs will not disappoint. Season ticket packages and individual tickets are on sale now at sacredheartpioneers.com. And opening in 2023, Sacred Heart University's Martiri Family Arena, a brand new 122,000 square foot premier skating facility in Fairfield, Connecticut. Learn more at sacredheartpioneers.com. Are you serious about playing your sport in college? Do you need a flexible education that allows you to maintain your practice and competition schedules while also preparing you to succeed at the next level? You should check out the University of Nebraska High School. UNHS is accredited and offers more than 100 online courses, including NCAA-approved courses to protect your academic eligibility. Students could earn a UNHS diploma or take a single course for transfer credit. Courses are college prep, self-paced, and available 24-7, 365. Enroll anytime and take up to a year to complete a course. Visit highschool.nebraska.edu today. We've talked about the programs. Um, 
what about the individuals? You, so many years you've been doing this, and you've seen so many players come up through the ranks. Let's talk about a few, a few yeah. of the, the the player. I mean, we talked about your son. I mean, he was kind of the, the inspiration for all of this because that was kind of a decision point. The as O2 you, class, as you mentioned, yeah, yeah. Right? And so Timmy, class. Is, yeah, yeah. As, as an O2, and, and and you had your you had him, and and then that you were moving on from being a player, mm-hmm. and he was a part of this, you know, pretty much the whole the whole time. So, um, but. Ju- you know, between him, between other players that have come up through the ranks that you guys have developed and had a hand in their success at the higher levels, it's just, you know, just talk to us about some of those guys because I think people would be surprised. They might associate certain players with other programs right, out there right. or schools yeah. and sure. not realize that they came out of the Boston Advantage or right. level hockey or where, you know, wherever they played. So. Yeah. Adam Goddard was in the first stages of, I'd, I'd say, five and six years old. Uh, used to come to level hockey um, level hockey schools. So he used to come to the summertime and skate with a guy named uh, Dave Brooks who coached the 1996 Terriers. He brought his whole team over. Adam was one of the kids on the team. The team was, um, Kevin, what were they, seven, six, seven years old? Six, seven, eight years old. Um, yeah. And yeah. Dave Brooks would run, we'd go to camp, and then Dave Brooks would actually, during the season, hire us to do our own skill sessions over at Hyde Park. And yep. he would bring that little th- the th- group th- to run just edges and stuff like that, and power turns and puck handling skills and stuff like that. But Adam was on that team with a, with a ton of other really a ton good of kids, other talented kids. Uh, absolutely, that, that all played Boston Advantage as a, as it turned into the team. As we talked about, Adam was a really good baseball player and a really good hockey player. Um, he came to Boston Advantage at the Dedham Rink at 13 years old, the first time he played for Boston Advantage, um, and he told his dad he wanted to quit. So I think the first day, he, uh, Doug Goddard always tells the story of Adam did 175 push-ups the first day. Um, he came home, I, I want to play baseball, and I can't stand the levels, and I mean, yada, 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 which is true. But at the same time, it was just like, listen, you need to do you know A, B, C, and D in order to become a better hockey player, and we were, we were pretty accountable of kids on the ice, so I think it was a tough day for Adam. Uh, but since that point, his parents did an unbelievable job of saying, no, we made a commitment here. This is what you're doing. This is what we believe in. These guys do a good job. Uh, you've been with them before as a kid. They've taught you all this stuff. Now they're going to teach you the game of hockey and stuff like that. So Adam uh, played with us through U18, right? Yes. Um, he played split season 16s, and then he played split season 18s, and then he played full season 18s as well. Um, so he had a little bit of both on his 18-year-old year. But he's been with level hockey since he's been five or six years old. He comes back every summer. Um not that we want him to, but he comes back every <laughs> summer. Um, and he skates every summer and, and does his workouts, and he's a, he's a relentless worker. Um, and that's why he's in the National Hockey League. Yeah. So, And you hit it. He comes back. Mm-hmm. Because if he didn't value the experience and if he didn't trust you know, what – what, yeah. he, what lesson he wouldn't yeah he he's, he's he's he'd in the office <laughs> uh, pretty much weekly hanging yeah. out with uh you know even my kids tim's right. kids um you know and they and they all just you know have a good time and yeah re, re, re you know kind of revisit uh old memories and um you know uh the, the guys in the, that are also back you know like the quinn forms of the world and, yeah um you know they all chirp each other and have a good time we just have a, a good time in the office and make it makes for a fun environment i think like the the point you brought up is people don't realize where they've grown up and where the development was um like adam went to thayer um played at thayer academy for three years or two three years right three years um but he was with us the whole time too like his his development his skating his puck handling his his game sense as a young kid all the way through up was with us too and his um, mom and dad helped out in our program his mom yeah did well and registration his, and his brothers, his yeah, brothers his brothers the same well. thing they're yeah. the same exact yeah. thing they've grown up here and they've been here since the 
again, five years old. Yeah. And there, one was at Maine and one's at Northeastern. And uh, I think Brady now is at Norwich, stuff like that. So, um, and, they're, and they're great hockey players. But they've been here. They still come back. They still skate. It's, the relationship's a little different now. They they razz and um, they razz us a little bit, you know, about my weight, stuff like that. How I've gotten <laughs> bigger, but um, no, they, they're all they're all good kids, and they, uh, I think they respect the fact of where they grew up, and how much better they got from being here. Mm-hmm. Right, and that and it is it, that's that is integral. It it sells itself, right? If you have, if you build a good culture, organizational mm-hmm. culture, and <clears throat> give pe- people a, a reason to embrace those values then they'll keep they'll keep coming back and, and they'll and, stay with it. and we try our best to keep that environment that family environment you know uh being yeah. in the rink ourselves uh pretty much daily um listen we we love to talk to everyone uh you know we 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 hope to influence all their kids on the ice that's where we we most importantly want to impact you know their lives um and uh you know we, we try to do our best uh and and that's kind of our goal at level hockey with our entire staff um and you know the other kids that you know, kind of have been a part of our program and are, are still a part of our program, whether they're Boston Advantage still today or level hockey. Um, you know, you have Timothy, obviously Tim's son, and, you know, guys like Ryan Healy and Will McDonough. Um, you know, I, I know the kid Teddy Mutrin, obviously he's skated for Tim for, for years and still skates with us in the summer, and he's at St. Seb's now doing very well. Um, but these are all kids that continuously are in our building and will be in our building through the spring and summer. Um, and like Tim said, they'll go to their respective schools and do very well. They'll be very well, and they'll they'll actually carry the level name with them, uh, truthfully, uh, just by the way they play and, and the way they represent themselves. Right. And yeah, the family affair. You, your son's involved, uh, you know, Kiernan, and you and uh, you know, I met the whole family at the yeah, absolutely, the yeah, day, right? the other so day, last Tuesday, yeah, you met uh, my daughter um, and uh, my my own nine son Knox. Uh, Knox yeah. yeah, so uh, the, the goalie no, ch- converted, converted to forward. To forward. <laughs> yeah, he's he's moving in the right direction. He's he's getting out of the pipes. Uh, yeah. For sure. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll let that slide. Um, <laughs> you know, so we, we, we talked about Timmy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's, let's go back because he, you, he's been there for, you know, he, he came up through the entire program and he were able to, to, to develop and mentor him and mm-hmm. get him to, and, 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 you know, again, we didn't talk about it the, the up front, but you, you played D1, huh? You were in, yeah. you were in hockey East yep. and, uh, he played for Sean Walsh, yep. who's one of the, you know, um, one of the best, you know, rest in yep. peace, yep. and and and, and all that, and, and certainly you know, Red Gendron was yep. was a part of that staff as well. Yep. Another, you know, difficult loss. You yes. know, the, the the world is poor not having those right. two two in it. But certainly. but what were you able to do? You know, not just I mean, so you you have to balance both of you, right? Role of dad, role of of hockey coach, skills coach, advising him, trying trying to get them on the the path to you know, achieve their goals. Cause at the end of the day, they have to want it. They have to, you know, it's not your, it's not your career. You yeah, guys did absolutely. your thing. Yeah. Right. And so how was that experience with, with Tim? We'll speak specifically to Timmy in terms of as he started to grow up and you realize, and he had some challenges, he had some physical challenges yes. and, but the love of hockey was there. And how did you, how did that journey take place with the two of you? Well, I think for any any father that coaches is very difficult. To be honest with you, I think it's you know you you have to toe that line of okay when to be tough on the kid, but at the same time you're going home with him in, in the car, and you're at the house, and he basically wants to pound on you, right? So um, you got to find a way to basically motivate your son or daughter, um, but also remember that you, that you're their parent, right? So I think anybody in any sport, 
Um, I think it's a really difficult situation. Uh, Timothy with me, um, he was great. Timothy's a hockey nerd, man. He's like, just loves hockey. It's all he thinks about. So for me, going to the rink and like, you know, coming back at 10 o'clock at night, which I probably shouldn't have had him out till 10, but, you know, he was with me most of the time going to the rink, tagging along, especially in the early years. Um, and then eventually he became, um, he had a schedule of his, of a, of a real team schedule. So, um, it was great. I mean, like, obviously, he was my best friend, stuff like that. So it's like, I grew up with him beside, you know, beside me for, what is it, yeah. 15 years, yeah. right? So uh, he's now 20 years old. He turned 20 two weeks ago. Um, Happy birthday. He's out at Arizona State. Yeah. So, um, And how's yeah. that going for him? I mean, you know, he, uh, he, lo- he loves it. Yeah, I mean, knows. I mean, I think for Timothy to get to get away and be his own person uh, out of New England, I think, is, is huge. Um, I think he's done really, really well with that environment at Arizona State. He loves it. I, I knew he loved it when he came back at Christmas and he was telling my wife and I that uh, he wanted to go back. So um, kind of hurt our feelings a little bit, but it is yeah. what it is. True indication of enjoying yeah, it for right. sure. So yeah. I think he really enjoys Arizona State. He's made some really good friends. Um, he loves, temperatures loves the might have something to do with that. <laughs> I think that's why he went back, yeah. so um, No, but I think he really enjoys his time there. He loves the coaches. He loves the team. Um, and he loves his teammates, so I think it's been really good for him. Yeah, yeah it's really interesting just how that how quickly yeah. that program has has grown. You know, since they they moved Certainly. to D one, they've got the big the build, yeah. building coming in. Honestly, Kirk, I think here's the deal: like within the next five years, they're going to be a powerhouse, right? So they're already starting to get there now. They're starting to get some name players, guys coming in. Uh, with the inception of the new building next year, the Coyotes also being in the building with them. Uh, it's kind of a big draw, right? So you got the weather, which it's the only team in all of college hockey has the weather. Right. Um, now big-time sports and football and basketball, um, the, the school itself is massive, right? So now they've added hockey. Um, it, it's just a matter of time, so they're starting to get the best of the best into that building. So, All right. And now what about George? Georgie? Um <laughs> George is my buddy. George is more like me. He's got that <laughs> temper a little bit, but I think you've seen him. scrappy, yeah. scrappy yeah. player. Yeah. So George, um, yeah, I think George is going to be a good one. I think George has potential to be, um, and Timothy is going to kill me for saying this, but I think he's got potential to be better than Timothy. So yeah. Uh, yeah. they're different players. Yeah. Um, but I think George has definitely come on late. He's, again, it's kind of the same situation as Timothy. He's going to be a late adolescence kid. Um, but I mean, I, I think Kevin can speak for it because he plays for Kevin at times at how much he's grown, how much better he's gotten over the last two years. Yeah. Uh, and I think where he'll go once he touches adolescence, um, like some of these kids that he's playing against already, they're already men, you know, so they're, they're already 155, 165, 170. Mm-hmm. He's, he's 83. Right. So he's 83 pounds, right? Yeah. So for him to go out and compete, he reminds me a lot of Timothy of how to navigate the ice surface and, and survive it. Yeah, he's, a, he's a yeah. little more looking for trouble, yeah. George is, yeah. uh, where Timothy was like, I'm, I, I'm a little smarter than George, as in I don't want to pick my battles. George actually looks for battles. So yeah. right. I think that's yeah. the difference. Yeah. So we got to kind of tone him down a little bit. Yeah, and the fearlessness. But it's good because, yeah. again, if you're, if you're undersized and you're afraid – yeah. Or you're playing out on the perimeter. You're not gonna. You're, you're the coaches, the scouts. They're gonna see that. Yeah, I mean, I right I, I compared George, and we had Connor Gowland for years, and Gary Gowland did an unbelievable job of uh, with Connor Gowland, making him a better hockey player, doing things that made him better. Georgie reminds me of Connor. Yeah. In, I mean, that they have that same 
uh, mentality of like they don't stop, they they battle to the end. Uh, Connor Gallon's in the National Hockey League. He's an unbelievable player. I'm not saying George is going to be the National Hockey League, Connor Gallon, but he reminds me of that type of player. He shoots the puck, he forechecks hard. Um, He'll face wash the bigger guy. He'll stop the <laughs> yeah. fights. Um, yeah. I, I, he really reminds me a lot of Connor, and that's a huge compliment to George because Connor is so good. So, um, but would you agree with that or no? I do. Yeah, I do certainly agree with that. I think George, uh, his game has come come miles. Um, his his skating ability, obviously, his his mind, his vision. Um, you know, like Tim said, he, he kind of stays out of harm's way in, in many ways, but he also looks for, uh, you know, in some instances, he kind of like a, a Kenny Linsman slash Brad Marshan kind of approach to his game. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I think for, for George, it's like, you know, hey, listen, I'm not going to back down to any kid, um, no matter no matter the size. Uh, I'm going to go at you whether you're 175 or 100 pounds. And, uh, you know, I think George's game is is come you know developed and i think that you know there's a bright future for him but honestly the in my heart because uh, i coach the 09 group uh i think annabelle level is the best of out of all three of them so um <laughs> you know she's certainly the best skater and uh you know has has her her game uh ahead of her for sure did, did i did i hear a rumor that she might have a future as an enforcer yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah that yeah. is true yeah a couple headlocks last weekend uh certainly uh add, add to her uh Intimidation level yeah. for sure. Yeah, so yeah. I, yeah, yeah, great. Yeah. yeah, and it's hard. I can't. I have a hard time wrapping my head around when we talk about O nines. You know, my daughter's in O seven, and mm-hmm. you know sure. I've been watching your O sixes, uh, Kevin. And you know, like like just being in, in East Boston on a, on a Sunday morning. You, that's what you want to do. You want to be in the rink on a, on a Sunday morning, right? Sure. But sure. I guess it was more afternoon. But but the reality is, watch watching your team. You've got a couple of defensemen that really you know came to mind, popped. Um, you know, one one kid, I think his name's Poolin, you might know him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The other O'Sullivan. And you said, sure. yeah, I don't play them together all that much because sure. I have to, sh- I have to spread the wealth. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, sure. But you've got, you've got a couple of really interesting, uh, you know, young players. O6 that are, players for yeah, sure. O6. Yeah. I, I think, you know, with, uh, with O'Sullivan, um, you know, he's, he's an extremely cerebral kid, um, you know, and, and a kid that certainly has a bright future ahead of him. Uh, in, in my opinion, a division one hockey player. Yeah, um, I you know, I, I think that uh, he has some good pedigree too uh, with his uncle uh, mm-hmm. and his family. Uh, they're, they're deeply entrenched into the hockey community in Massachusetts. Um, and I think Andrew will have a bright future uh, ahead of him, like I said. So, um, and, and, you know, kind of, you know, Karen and, and Andrew, they, they kind of balance each other off very, very well. Um, and they certainly have played a, a number of minutes together on the power play in the last two years mm-hmm. uh, and, and have orchestrated, you know, a very good top line unit, you know. So the 06 group I've, I've had, I've had a lot of successful kids uh, that have stayed with me and some kids that have also gone to, to different programs or different uh, prep schools, right? Um, you know, the, the Nate Porters of the world and uh, the Ben Nakatas of the world. Obviously, Teddy Mutram played with me last year. Um, you know, I, we're seeing a lot of kids filter into these organizations and having a significant impact in, in prep school hockey at a young age. Um, you know, and then, you know, with what we do at, at my, on my group and in my group with U16 full season, U15 full season kids, um, you know, I have two really high-end goalies with uh, Melind and, and Zach Coelho, uh, and then I have a bunch of forwards, too, that I think, uh, you know, given some runway, uh, they're going to have a bright future as well, like the Cooper Fonnens of the world, the Matty Gilmores of the world, um, and, and not to take away from other kids that I don't mention, but the groups come together, and, and they've been working, you know, through level hockey summer camps, um, and a lot of these kids, they may not have always been the, the kid uh, in conversation up up front or, or first, uh, but like, uh, you know, a kid like Ryan Shea that's just been, you know, going through our program from, from essentially day one 
uh, a kid like Ryan Shea was on our select team for, for years uh, and then moved on to our elite team um, and now has made a name for himself uh, in, the, in the U16 category. And I think that's the kind of kid that we really look for. Uh, you know, and Adam Gaudet's kind of similar. Mm-hmm. You know, we touched on Adam Gaudet, but these kids that just really, you know, like you said, Kirk, are, are committing to this process of development, right? And their parents also trust this process of development. Um, every kid is different. Every kid's going to, you know, come to uh, that level of play that they reach, that ceiling they reach in different ways. Um, you know, everyone hits a ceiling, whether you're, you know, uh, Sidney Crosby or Connor McDavid, right? Um, but, uh, you know, if we can get the most out of each player, uh, whether it's with their compete, with their commitment, with their skill set development, uh, we feel we can give them a chance to hopefully reach their goals if that is to play college hockey. Or in some cases, it's their goal to play high school hockey. Right. So um, getting back to my 06 group, I think I have a, a number of kids um, that will play in, in, in the college hockey, uh, you know, given levels, mm-hmm. uh, but they'll they'll have success. And you know what? It's a vehicle for them to, to get to college and get a great education. And that's that's my goal. Um, and I think that's that's Tim's goal. too. As yeah. Well. And they also go at different times. Right. Yeah. So there's kids that go like, you know pre-adolescence that are, that are they're gone like they're, they're moving right so politically guys are like wow this gets great and you got those kids that like he's like he's talking about that haven't done stuff like they haven't gotten stronger yet and they come up they they keep creeping 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 adam Gaudet was that kid. a kid like pat hallway who was in the american hockey League. they were off the map man they would like people like these kids aren't very good they're you know 13 12 13 14 15 years old and they were they were nobodies mm-hmm. um because everybody passed them because they went through adolescence right so and these kids just kept on creeping and kept on working kept on working their parents had kept them on the straight and narrow and be like, just keep doing what you're doing. And, and eventually they turned into what they are and they, and they've passed almost every single one of those kids. So it's a, um, a tribute to the parents of basically, you know, keeping them on the path of doing the right thing. And, you know, it's also the kid too, though. The kid has to put the time in, Correct. right? So we talk about like uh, when parents are like, Oh, my kid works hard. Well, everybody works hard, right? At the end of the day, everyone's like, Oh, everyone works hard. So I just think that the more time they put in on, um, on the sport and stuff like that, I, I think that will pay dividends for them in the long run. Yeah, I do. You know, yeah. when we we taught the parents are a big part of it, right? And you, huge. you just brought up a, a huge. huge point, right? And and I've, you know, we've had guests on the show talk about how the you know one of the worst things you can do is take your if you're a parent, take your kid and be looking at what everyone else is doing and compare, right? And so I know you guys are looking, you, know, you guys are looking at yeah, each other. Yeah, like, yeah. That, yeah. That's probably one of the biggest challenges to keep them on the path, as yep. you said. Well, I, I think the biggest thing that, you know, kind of has influenced, you know, this market uh, in sports in general, but, you know, obviously Massachusetts hockey is the sport, right? And uh, everyone wants to be at the highest level in, in hockey. And I think that when you bring in, you know, rankings and, and you know, parents getting signed, you know, caught up in what, what a ranking means for a team. Being faced with adversity, uh, being, you know, a mid-pack kid, uh, playing, you know, on a mid-pack team at times, that's going to allow that kid a, an opportunity. And that's where we really, you know, find kids benefiting from that opportunity and, and then becoming successful and then passing these kids that have, quote-unquote, been deemed, you know, the, the all-star group or the, the high-level group in that age bracket. Um, and we've seen it. We've lived yeah. it. We've experienced it. I know, you know, the hockey guys in the world have seen it, lived it, experienced it themselves probably in most cases or, or have a son or daughter or a kid they've coached along the way. Um, and, and that to us is the, the kids that we are looking for. Uh, obviously, we, we, we love the true, you know, thoroughbred athlete, hockey player that comes into our program, right? Um, and they're fun to work with. But that's not everyone. 
you know, it's a small percentage of kids. So our job as, as a staff and as a program is to find those kids that are in that middle ground that over the course of 8, 9, 10, 12 years, we can truly impact their future in the sport. Right. You know, and uh, I think that's kind of what we hit on and, and what we try to do. And with parents, um, if we can educate parents to say, hey, listen, trust this process, um, you know, and, and just give us your, your son or daughter, we're going to try to do our very best uh, to motivate, to, to encourage, to uh, engage, and, and to um, teach. Uh, and and if, we, if, if you do that, we'll, we'll do our best to, to offer that, that to your child and to your family. Be patient. Be patient. Be right. patient. That's the best. Which is tough, right? It is. It is it's tough. tough. Yeah. I mean, we our, our society is conditioned. And I think yeah. we talked before about when we were growing up, at 18, you were in college. Correct. And and so now, I mean, from the hockey standpoint, you know, they're taking guys in older, 21-year-old yeah. freshmen. Yeah. And they want that playing old guy. 24, 25-year-olds. Right. And most 18-year-olds physically aren't ready. No. Unless they're just exceptional. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So that's yeah. the... That's the big challenge. One of the one of the other things that I just kind of wanted to hit on was, you know, uh, from a from a standpoint of development and like you just said about regarding parents, um, you know, parents and coaches are extremely influential, um, and we all know that, right? Uh, we have children and we work with them daily um, ourselves and our own kids, right? But I think from a perspective of what uh, what the future holds for for mass hockey. Um, our goal is to really educate and provide a non-ice experience for, for kids and families um, that they can grow and that we can give them a vehicle, like I said earlier, um, to, to, to a future, right? Um, and that vehicle is, in some cases, college, right? Um, but beyond college, in, in the real world, right? Uh, give them a sense of, of, of accountability. Give them a sense of commitment. Uh, give them a sense of leadership and respect. Um, and, and I hope that, you know, throughout our time influencing working with these kids, we can teach them what respect's about. Um, and, and, and that's sort of the foundation of our program and, uh, and what I hope people take away from, from this podcast. Old uh, school values. Old school values. Dedication, yeah. right? Camaraderie, discipline, um, hard work. Those are the things that hopefully you grow up and eventually you have a family and you install within your family. That's really what life is all about, right? Let's be honest, right? Everyone's going to get a job at some point, and hopefully your kids are respectful and they're well-mannered and stuff like that where, you know, like someone can say, hey, you know what, man, you got a great kid. You know, and I think at the end of the day, that's probably the biggest compliment than, hey, my kid plays in the National Hockey League. Mm, I don't really care. Like, that's awesome for your son, but there's, like, the, the biggest compliment is you, 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 your son's incredible. Well-mannered, your daughter's a well-mannered, so yeah, girl. um, You know, and that sounds me being foolish saying I really don't care about the National Hockey League, but I mean, like, guys going to the National Hockey League and guys going to go to like um, Division Three and club club teams, they're all the same to us coming up the ladder, dude. Like at the end of the day, it's they're all kids that come from families and they've they've come here, they grinded away every day of. uh, Skating and listen to Tim and Kevin bark, my brother Joe bark at them, right? and eventually, I think the biggest thing for level hockey has been for for us is like like I said, there's five programs: there's Boston Advantage, there's the '95 Giants, there's the New, England, New England Knights, there's the East Coast Leafs, and there's the Middlesex Icemen. I think at the end of the day, um, it's the players from all those programs that come back and say what type of experience they had. Are you going to make everybody happy? No, Kirk. No, it, no one does, right? But the other day, can you be? Can you get most of those guys to come back and enjoy the experience? And the biggest thing will be a test of time will be, do they send their kids when they have kids back to us for um, development? I think that will be a, an interesting 
uh, situation. Next step. I hope so. <clears throat> well, hockey ends for everyone. It ended for Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> yeah, it just absolutely. for some of us, it ends yeah. a lot sooner than sure. others. But what sure. are you going to do in this life yeah. when when the hockey's done? Oh, it's over, yeah. And that's, you know, I, I'm so glad that we're going to wrap the, yeah. the the podcast with that because I could I, the, what you guys said I, I couldn't have said it better it's it's so important values character the lessons the discipline yeah. that's you know all of those things that you mentioned if you if you can learn that and use hockey as a vehicle a game you love to be a better person then you're doing all then right one yeah and, and, and as yeah. an organization if that's what you guys are are striving for then you know hats off to you you know we've had a lot of different organizations. That, that compete they've all against you they've all said hey we respect what they do you know we respect what they do right. and uh that that's what's great about our game you know the the, the mutual respect that Absolutely. we compete but you know respect and you know i'm not naive enough to you know to say that everyone respects everyone yeah, but no, at the same no. time yeah. um it's been great um Fantastic, fantastic way to close it out. Uh, thank you again for, for coming into the studio, joining us, and, and shining some light on uh, Level Hockey Boston Advantage and the, the forthcoming Level Hockey Academy. Thanks Perfect. for joining us, Thanks, guys. Kirk. Thanks, Kirk. Appreciate Thanks, Kirk. it. Hope you enjoyed that, and uh, until next time, we will see you at the rink. Thanks for listening to New England Hockey Journal's RinkWise podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and other podcast platforms. Follow us on Twitter at NE Hockey Journal, on Instagram and Facebook at New England Hockey Journal, and subscribe to New England Hockey Journal online at hockeyjournal.com. New England Hockey Journal's Rinkwise is a Siemens Media Podcast.